You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 204. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body Podcast, and we have got an excellent episode for you today, one that I know is going to be of important value to you. But before we get started, I just want to let you know that the December Earn That Body Holiday Challenge is now open for registration. If you have never done any of my challenges before, especially a holiday challenge, this is one you don't want to miss. It's a two-week challenge. It's in December. We always want to burn a few extra calories during that holiday time so that you don't put on weight over the holiday season, but this year's holiday challenge is going to actually include more than just some workout videos because this is not a normal year and I want to help you finish 2020 feeling your best no matter what this year has brought you. So definitely check it out. Go to earnthatbody.com. Right on top, there's a link that says holiday challenge. If you have any questions about it, you can always email me as well, kim at earnthatbody.com, but I hope to have you all there in the challenge. It's going to be a fantastic team. It's already half sold out and the early bird price is going to expire in just a few more days. So definitely check it out. Now, what are we talking about today? Something that it's not that I want to say I love talking about this, but I really don't mind talking about this because it's such a big part of our health. Now, we're talking about constipation today, right? No one likes to think about it. No one likes to talk about it. But guess what? Almost everyone has had constipation at one time or another. And more than 40 million people in the United States have it pretty often. Now, I've already done an entire podcast on bowel movements, so if you missed that one, definitely check it out, because bowel movements actually tell us a lot about our health. And so it is really important to make sure that you are having a normal, regular bowel movement every day. But today we're focusing on constipation in particular, because I do have clients who definitely battle constipation, and there's so many things that you can do to help it. So today we're going to talk about what causes constipation, what are the signs of it, who's at risk, and even some treatment of it, sort of a treatment prevention, with some of the best foods that you can start incorporating into your diet to help constipation. So all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from Idea Fitness Magazine, they did an article that's titled Meat on the Mind. And this is what it says. Though plant-based eating seems to have all the nutrition science momentum right now, it's not all doom and gloom when it comes to the health effects of eating meat. After combing through past investigations on the impact that meat eating has on mental health, researchers presented findings in critical reviews in food science and nutrition. They discovered that among the 160 to 257 subjects, there was a trend toward meat eaters having lower rates of mental illnesses like depression and anxiety versus meat abstainers. Now, 
Though the study examined mostly observational research and thus could not prove cause and effect, it may be the nutrient combination in meats like beef and chicken that supports psychological well-being better than a poorly implemented vegetarian or vegan diet. Such a diet may underdeliver choline and other nutrients that are essential to brain health. Some individuals may also turn to veganism and vegetarianism when battling mental health issues like eating disorders. Mental health may need to be emphasized when evaluating the benefits and risks of particular dietary patterns. So just sort of interesting. Again, they definitely did state that this is somewhat observational right now. So that means more studies need to be done. But I think it's really important that people realize that being a vegetarian or going vegan doesn't always necessarily mean that it's healthy and there there's a way to do it that is more healthy but I'll tell you it's like a full-time job to make sure that you're getting in the right amount of nutrients that the body needs and now they're starting to do a little bit more research on things like this because it's possible that there are things in meat that might really help some mental mental functions and mental disorders as well. So in my recommendation and what I always preach, it's all about balance, right? You want to keep things in balance. So some meat, you can still do some days without meat. You can do dairy, you can do, you know, carbohydrates. Everything can be eaten in a balanced way and balance is really what what keeps you healthy. It's the extreme things like being a vegan, that's really extreme and it's really hard to get in enough protein. I'm not saying it can't be done because I have clients who do it and they, they put a lot of effort into doing it right. I just think that it's so important that we live in this time and we live in a day where like, every day the science changes, right? Like, isn't it so confusing? Like one day you should not eat eggs. The next day eggs are good for you. One day you should not eat meat. And the next day meat is good for you. So to me, because the science is always changing, the more balanced you can be, the less impact those changes will have on your life. Meaning if something's bad for you and you're eating it, but you're only eating it in moderation, then it's really probably not going to harm you in the end. So keep it all balanced and just remember that that all nutrients can be very important, not only for the health inside your body, but also for your mind. Now back to the topic constipation nobody likes it nobody wants it right well what what is constipation (laughs) some people don't even really understand what is going on when you're constipated and it's one of the most common digestive problems in the united states affecting about two and a half million people it's defined as having hard dry bowel movements or going fewer than three times a week now i'm just going to tell you right now If I have a bowel movement three times a week, I am not going to be a happy person, okay? That is so hard for you on the body to only be having a bowel movement three times a week. It is my opinion that if you eat every day, you should poop every day, right? Now, what is causing constipation? Your colon's main job is to actually absorb water from residual food as it's passing through your digestive system. Digestive system. It then creates stool, which is your waste, right? 
The colon's muscles eventually propel the waste out through the rectum to be eliminated. And if stool remains in the colon for too long, it can become hard and very difficult to pass. Poor diet frequently causes constipation, everyone. That's right, poor diet. Dietary fiber and adequate water intake are absolutely necessary to keep stools soft. Now, fiber-rich foods are generally made from plants, which is great, right? Plant-type foods are always healthy. Fiber comes in a soluble and an insoluble form. And the soluble fiber can dissolve in water and it creates a soft gel-like material as it passes through the digestive system. The insoluble fiber retains most of its structure as it goes through the digestive system and both forms of fiber join with stool, increasing its weight and size while also softening it. This makes it easier to pass through. So it doesn't sound lovely, it's not a romantic topic, but it is such a big part of your health, right? You really wanna make sure that you're able to have a bowel movement with ease. Now, according to UCSF's health organization, the American Heart Association eating plan suggests eating a variety of food fiber sources. Total dietary fiber intake should be anywhere from 20, 25 to 30 grams a day. They recommend from food, not supplements. Currently, dietary fiber intake among adults in the United States average about 15 grams. So it's like half of the amount they should be getting in. So that's something that you want to keep in mind. Now, I did a whole podcast, podcast episode number 12 early on in the podcast days, and I did a whole podcast on fiber. So if you would like more information specifically about fiber, go check out episode number 12 so you can really understand how fiber does benefit your body. Now, what's another thing that causes constipation? Stress. So stress changes in routine and conditions that slow muscle contractions of the colon or delay your urge to go, those all may lead to constipation. You know what kind of changes in routine I'm talking about, like travel. Whenever we go on a trip, does that happen to you? That sometimes that causes constipation, no fun at all. Um, Also, when we talk about what causes constipation, dehydration can definitely be a source. You need to stay hydrated, right? I mean, just kind of think about your body. If it's drying out, then inside your intestine, it's probably drying out as well. So it's not just about the the food that you take in. It's also about the hydration. You want to have that fiber in the food. Another thing that causes it is lack of exercise, which is kind of interesting. People don't even realize, some people don't realize that, but if if you're not moving your body, it can cause constipation. If you delay the impulse to have a bowel movement, have you ever had that happen before? That's a real joy. Um, If you have to go, go. Don't delay it. You know, if you're obviously in the car, you gotta hold on. That's the only time I'd say delay it. But if you're home, don't be like on the computer and you know you have to go, but you're trying to get this email out. And do not delay because it can actually lead to constipation. 
Um, certain medications can also cause constipation, like high calcium and acids. A lot of pain medications. Have you ever had surgery and you had to go on pain medication? Oh, it's the worst. It will back you up for days. So medications definitely can. Pregnancy can uh, cause constipation. That's a, a whole lot of fun. And actually, using too many laxatives and enemas can actually cause constipation. Many people think of laxatives as a cure for constipation, but if you use them too often, your body almost forgets how to work on its own. And heavy uses of laxatives can not only cause constipation, but they can also cause diarrhea at some points. And for the same reason, if you use enemas too often, your body begins to depend on them and too many enemas may stop you from having normal bowel movements. So I'm not a fan of laxatives at all. I'm not a fan of enemas at all. I really feel like if you have proper nutrition, proper hydration, and you move your body, you should be able to have a bowel movement without those things. Now, that being said, if your doctor has recommended these things for you because you have gotten to a really extreme level of constipation, at that point, you're going to have to use them likely because you don't want to have any kind of serious obstruction. But it's not something that you would want to take daily forever. Now, another thing that can cause constipation that my professor in graduate school used to talk about, I went to graduate school for Eastern medicine. And that's, a, that's where I learned how important bowel movements are. Because in Eastern medicine, your bowel movements are one of the questions that we always ask our um, patients. We would ask them all about their bowel movements. You know, do you have one every day? What's the consistency? What's the color? Blah, blah, blah. Tells us so much about the body. Well, my professor in graduate school, who was Chinese, he said um, that it was very interesting to him in America that he felt so many people here were constipated because they never gave themselves enough time in the morning to just simply sit and have a bowel movement. He felt like everyone was so rushed here in America and he didn't feel like it was like that when he grew up where he was from. So he always said people need to take more time in the morning to have hot water. You know, they a lot of people say you should drink hot water in the morning, not coffee. But if you have to have your cup of coffee to go, I'm actually fine with that as long as you're not in a rush. Like, if you're the person who's like grabbing your coffee and running to your car to get to a meeting or to get to a workout, but you're not even giving yourself a chance to have a bowel movement before you leave the house, you need to give yourself more time because you might be creating your own problem of constipation just simply because you need to get up a little earlier and take a little more time in the morning so that you can have a bowel movement, all right? Now, what are signs of constipation. I mean, it seems fairly obvious, but each person's definition of a normal bowel movement is actually very different. Some individuals go three times a day, while others go three times a week. Now, in my professional opinion, three times a week is not enough. But if you were to tell me, I go three times a week, I have my whole life, and I feel totally fine. I don't feel gassy, I don't feel bloated, I don't have pain. Well, I guess in that instance, that would be your normal. 
but I don't have very many patients or clients that I have ever worked with that go three times a week or less that don't also have a lot of uncomfortable symptoms, the bloating, the gas, the pain, you know, it's not usually a good feeling to not have a bowel movement every day. So yes, everybody's definition of normal is personal, but if you're not feeling great digestively, then there may be constipation issues that you need to work on. So you may be constipated if you experience fewer than three bowel movements a week, which again, I think three is constipated, but they're saying fewer than three a week would be constipated. If you pass really hard or dry stools, if you strain or you have any pain during bowel movements, you're probably constipated. If you have a feeling of fullness, even after having a bowel movement, you probably haven't eliminated everything fully, or you could even have a rectal blockage of some sort. So all of these could be signs of some type of problem of constipation. Now generally, who is at risk? Well, eating a poor diet and not exercising are major risk factors as we talked about, but you may also be at greater risk if you are 65 years or older. Older adults, they tend to be less active and have, could have underlying diseases and the diet might not be uh, as healthy, basically. I think that that's gonna change in the generations to come. If you're confined to bed, that would be someone who's at risk for constipation. Those who have certain medical conditions, such as a spinal cord injury, they often have a lot of difficulty with bowel movements because they are confined to bed. And as we said, moving the body and doing exercise is what can help constipation, but unfortunately those people can't do that, so constipation can be a side effect. Now, if you're a woman or a child, they say that women have more frequent episodes of constipation than men, and children are affected more than adults. Probably for women, it's because of hormones. Our hormones shift all through the month with our menstrual cycle, and a lot of women will get constipated either when they ovulate or when they have their period, or right before their period. Some people right after their period. But there's some usual, not for everyone, but someone who gets constipation every month, they can usually pinpoint where it is in their cycle and it tends to be the same every single month. So that can be common and that can be normal, just part of your menstrual cycle. Um, but some things can definitely help that, and we'll talk about that next. They do say that children have it more than adults. I think that that's very dependent, again, on how active they are and what their diet is like. I mean, I see a lot of people feeding their children not healthy food, and that child is probably going to get constipated more than the child who's eating a complete balanced diet. So those kind of things definitely can impact kids as well. If you have young kids, I highly recommend that you make sure you talk to them about their bowel movements. Seems kind of crazy, seems kind of funny, maybe you're uncomfortable having that discussion, but you should always tell your children that if they're not having one every day, that they should let you know because that is not something you want to go on for very long. And then as we said, a pregnant person 
definitely a pregnant woman can definitely have constipation. Again, a lot of it has to do with the hormone changes, pressure on their intestines from the growing baby. So very common for pregnant women to get constipated. Not a very joyful side effect (laughs) during the pregnancy. Now, how can you treat it? How can you prevent it? Because again, nobody wants it. I don't know anybody who loves to be constipated. Changing your diet and increasing your physical activity level are probably the easiest and fastest ways that you could treat and prevent constipation. One thing you can do is every day you want to be drinking a lot of water. You want to be drinking decaffeinated fluids. So don't be just drinking coffee thinking, oh, I'm going to drink all this coffee because coffee has a laxative effect on most people and then I'm going to have a bowel movement. Coffee can be very dehydrating. So one to two cups of coffee a day, that's sort of what I consider a max. The rest you want to be hydrating the body with water, okay? Just regular water, not six Topo Chico's every day. Okay, you can have a Topo Chico, but mostly just drink regular water throughout the day. Another thing you probably want to do is you want to limit your consumption of alcohol. Why? Also very dehydrating. So if you are someone who's just suffering with COVID stress right now, political stress right now, I mean, there's so much stress right now. But if you're drinking more than usual and also you're noticing now that you're not really going to the bathroom as well as you used to, maybe there is a relationship there. Let's limit the consumption of alcohol and bump up the water intake. As we said, you can add fiber-rich foods to your diet, things like raw fruits. You can have vegetables, whole grains, beans, prunes, bran cereal. Your daily intake of fiber really needs to be a minimum of 20 grams a day. So if you're not getting in 20 grams and you're constipated, well, we know right then and there what's one thing that you can start to work on. I will say this. You want to make these kind of nutritional changes with fiber and vegetables slowly. You want to kind of do this over the course of a week or more because if you bump up that fiber too quickly, you might end up feeling very bloated and very gassy. You kind of have to build up a tolerance if you haven't been eating any vegetables at all, all right? So be patient. It might take some time for your body to adjust. So just do it slowly start adding a few more veggies every few days and see if you can build up your fiber that way you want to cut down on low fiber foods like too much meat too much milk too much cheese and definitely white processed foods so on the meat the milk and the cheese i say moderation if you're having a ton of cheese or a ton of dairy it very well could be the thing constipating you. Processed foods, I say get them out, like completely if you can. You really wanna limit how much processed foods you have. Try to take away the white bread, the white tortillas, the white rice. All of that can be very binding and not going to help constipation. So swap out all the whites for the whole grains. That will help you get in much more fiber. Now, what about in terms of exercise? Well, they recommend that you're working out at least 150 minutes of moderate exercise every week. Your goal would be a minimum of 30 minutes a day, at least five times a week. 
So I don't care if that's walking. If you're someone who's really sedentary right now, and again, if COVID has you all messed up and you just stopped working out, what if you just start walking again, 30 minutes a day? It's just somewhere to start. Walking, swimming, biking, um, running is great. I think, I don't know if y'all know, but if you run, all of a sudden your bowels will go into strong effect. (laughs) I could tell you a story about that one. Um, So moving your body and really making it consistent, minimum 30 minutes a day, at least five days a week, that's really, really going to help you. Now, if you feel the urge to have a bowel movement, as I said earlier, you don't want to delay. The longer you wait, the harder your stool can become. So if you feel the urge, go have a bowel movement and be done with it. But don't hold off and postpone it because you're in the middle of something. Uh, 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 That's only going to make things worse. Now, if you're going to add a fiber supplement because you've tried everything else, I just caution you to not have it forever because what I have seen is that people start taking a fiber supplement and then their body becomes very dependent on it. So kind of like the laxatives that we talked about and the enemas, if you have to use these things because it's doctor recommended, it needs to be for a very short period of time. I don't see any reason why you have to take a fiber supplement over getting fiber from real food. And all of the organizations all say fiber from real food, not supplements. So if your doctor prescribes to you because now you have a constipation problem and you haven't gone in a really long time and we don't want that going on too long, if they prescribe a fiber supplement, a laxative or an enema, please ask them, okay, How long, though, should I take this for? You just don't want to be on it forever because I want your system to get back to normal and then be able to do it on its own. And you can consider taking some type of probiotic, um, but I would, instead of taking a probiotic supplement, just love to see you get that within yogurt or kefir. These things have the live active cultures in them. So I'm always a really big fan, as you know, of getting what you need from an actual food source that your body actually knows how to digest. The supplement industry has gotten so big that they think if I put everything in a pill, then that will fix everybody. But in fact, very little research is done on the majority of these supplements. And we just don't know if the body is really registering a fiber pill or a calcium supplement or a this or a that the same way as it does with real food that it has to break down and absorb. So I don't do supplements. As you know, I have an entire podcast on that too. Um, So when you can, try to get the probiotics actually from food if that's helpful. Now let's talk about some best foods for constipation because if I'm all about using real food to help you, then let's talk about which foods you might want to focus on. Now, most people, when they think constipation, everybody seems to think of the same food to fix it, which would be prunes. 
A prune is basically a dried plum and they are widely used as a natural remedy for constipation. They contain very high amounts of fiber. They have two grams of fiber per one ounce serving. Um, and they say that's about three prunes. And that's about 8% of the American Heart Association's recommended daily intake of fiber. The insoluble fiber in prunes, known as cellulose, increases the amount of water in the stool, and that adds some bulk to it. Meanwhile, the soluble fiber in prunes is fermented in the colon to produce short-chain fatty acids, which also increases the stool weight. And in addition, prunes contain something called sorbitol. And that's a sugar alcohol that is not absorbed very well by the body. And so it causes water to be pulled into the colon and it sort of leads to a laxative effect. And so that's why prunes tend to be used to help with constipation. One study in 40 people with constipation found that eating 100 grams of prunes per day significantly improved stool frequency and consistency compared to treatment with psyllium, which is a type of dietary fiber. So enjoy your prunes. You can put them in salads and cereals and oatmeal um, because they can be a great way to help with constipation. So that's always going to be a good one. Now, apples are actually another good fruit that you can have. They're very rich in fiber. In fact, one medium-sized apple with the skin on contains about 4.4 grams of fiber, and that's about 17% of the recommended daily intake. So apples are another good one. Pears also very rich in fiber. Then, as you can see with what I'm saying, the fiber's now going up with each one. A pear has 5.5 grams of fiber in a medium-sized fruit, so that's what you want, more fiber in one pear. And then one of my favorites is kiwi. I didn't start eating kiwi until I was an adult. My family, when I grew up, they never had kiwi. I think it's funny how when you grew up, your family, like, did or didn't eat certain foods. And then, you know, later in life, you're like, how come we never had kiwi? I remember having my mom over, you know, years ago, and I gave her some kiwi because she never gave it to me as a kid, and she didn't even know, like, what it was or how to eat it. <laughs> so it's good to try new fruits. And kiwi is a great one. You can get about 2.3 grams of fiber in a kiwi fruit. Um, so it's not a ton of fiber, but it still has really good fiber. And the skin contains a very high concentration of nutrients. A lot of fiber is actually in the skin. The critical nutrient that feeds the good bacteria living in your gut is that fiber and the high fiber diets are linked to lower risk of heart disease. So the more you eat the skin around the kiwi, you're actually gonna get a lot more of that fiber. Eating the skin of kiwi, they say it can increase the fiber content by 50%. So, so many people cut the kiwi in half and then like eat the kiwi out with a spoon and then they throw the skin away. I actually wash the kiwi, I scrub it with like a potato brush and then I slice it and I eat 
the outside. Yep, the furry part. I eat the outside too. I slice it kind of thin so you don't have like so much of the skin and the furry part in your mouth because some people really have a problem with that consistency. But when you do that, you are getting so much more fiber. So the entire kiwi fruit is actually what you want to eat versus just the inside. Another thing that you can start adding or eating more of to help you with constipation would be spinach. Spinach and other greens in general, like Brussels sprouts and broccoli, they're very rich in fiber. They're very good sources of vitamin C, vitamin K, and folate. And these greens are going to help add bulk and weight to stools, which makes them easier to pass through. So when I'm talking about that in this podcast and I'm saying it adds weight to the stool and you know it adds bulk to the stool, sounds disgusting, I know, but that's actually what helps you pass your stool easier when it has that bulk and weight. So spinach and greens, they can actually help you do that. So I always just throw that handful of spinach into my Eagle Shake every day and I make, you know, I have the Eagle Shake recipe free book right on the earnthatbody.com homepage if you don't have it. Real food protein shake and I love to throw spinach or chard or kale. Like I'm always throwing something green in there because it's a great way to get that fiber. Another great high fiber food for constipation is one of my favorites, which is actually the artichoke. You can get seven grams of fiber from eating an artichoke. I happen to love those. And then beans, peas, and lentils. They are a great fiber-packed sort of food group, the beans, the peas, and the lentils. And so that's another way to start really bumping up that fiber. Chia seeds are one of the most fiber-dense foods available. Just one ounce of these little tiny chia seeds, guess how much fiber is in one ounce? 10.6 grams of fiber. So that's actually gonna meet about 42% of your daily fiber need just by having one ounce of chia seeds. And I have been making this new granola and I'm kind of like playing with the recipe every week and then I'm gonna post this recipe in one of my Earn That Body newsletters. And it has chia seeds in it because chia seeds, again, they're just fiber dense and so excellent to have in your diet. And then the last, and I would call this sort of an eagle constipation secret trick. (laughs) If you are a client of mine and you've been constipated, you have heard from me what I think you should add. And it's funny because this particular thing isn't super high in fiber, but for some reason it works. And I believe I learned about this in my graduate school, uh, in graduate school, to help people with constipation. Are you ready? Cucumbers. Funny enough, they help a lot of people with constipation. Now, they only have two grams of fiber, and just so you know, half of the fiber is in the peel. So if you're someone who's always taking the peel off of everything, a lot of the fiber in these foods are in the peel. So definitely a cucumber, you wanna eat the peel, but I literally tell my clients who are constipated, I want you to go get a small cucumber, I want you to wash it really, really well so that you can eat the peel too. I want you to eat the entire cucumber. You know, you can chop it up in a salad or just, I just can eat them slice after slice, eat the entire cucumber, and the next day, 
it often helps people have a solid bowel movement. So cucumbers, that's sort of my personal little trick that you can try. And those are some really great foods that you can start incorporating. I always say, try eating all of these things, right? Start adding these kinds of foods to your diet before you go to the fiber supplement, before you go to any laxative or enema. First, try to use whole foods because the body knows what to do. But do remember, especially with like the broccoli and some of the greens, do it slowly. I don't want you to be gassy and bloated. That's that's as much fun as being constipated. So sort of slowly start easing these kind of foods into your diet and see if it helps. Now, what's the bottom line? There's many fruits, there's many vegetables, there's many beans, there's many seeds, there's many foods that can help relieve constipation. And a diet high in fiber, it's gonna help add bulk, it's gonna help add weight to the stool, it's gonna soften them, it's gonna stimulate having bowel movements. However, some people with the high fiber diets can make, some people I should say, can it can get a little worse at first, like I said, if you don't ease in. So always ease into those kind of foods. But if you're having serious issues and it's just not getting better, that's when you know it's time to see the doctor. There does come a point it's time to see the doctor. I personally think if you haven't had a bowel movement in a week and you've been eating high fiber and you've been hydrating and you've been moving, it's time to see a doctor. So never be afraid to see a doctor. I always tell people a doctor can give you a proper diagnosis. A diagnosis is power and then we can fix the problem. So don't be afraid of that. Just increase fiber increase water. I want you to move your body every day. Regular exercise is such a critical factor in improving the symptoms of constipation and sort of having healthy bowel habits. Um, And that's really everything you need to know. I mean, there are going to be times you're constipated. When you travel, it's very common. So even on that vacation, Try to make sure you're getting in your greens and your vegetables because I feel like it's the first thing to go when you travel. Like all of a sudden you get to your destination and you're having cocktails, which are dehydrating, and you're having rich foods. And sometimes you're not getting in the vegetables. I always say when you're traveling and you're going to restaurants, that's the time to have vegetables because you can tell them exactly what you want and how to cook it. Some people just don't like to cook vegetables. So when you go to restaurants, especially on a vacation, don't be afraid to say, hey, can can you give me a side of steamed spinach or this or that? They're usually very happy to make it for you. So on those vacations, if you are someone who does get constipated, don't forget your vegetables and getting that fiber in and the water is essential as well. But overall, I think that constipation is something that can be treated very simply with diet and exercise. Isn't that amazing? Because diet and exercise are those two things that help so many ailments, not just constipation. So continue to keep that balanced nutrition going, continue to move your body, continue to stay safe during this time, during this pandemic. I never know when you'll listen to my podcast, but right now we are still in the COVID pandemic. So stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, wear your mask, and go sign up for the holiday challenge. Thank you so much for listening to the Earn That Body podcast. Always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away.
For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.